Counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and IE4 and against a movie being on that list. My name is Johannes. And I'm Raji. Today, we're talking about another film on the list. The haunting Oscar-winning war movie, The Pianist. The Pianist was released on December 4th, 2002 in the US, but was released on the 6th of September, 2002 in Poland. It stars Adrian Brody, Thomas Kretschmann, and Emilia Fox. Before we imagine playing the piano, let's talk about how your week has been going. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I, I was mentioning in the pre-recording, um, I had a week off, week and a half off now, because I took some days, like extra days, and it was uh, delightful. Um, spent some time in Vegas, which arguably is not necessarily always delightful, but uh, had a good time. Saw some shows, uh, had some good food. It was great. And then um, essentially just chilled for the rest of the week. And it was very nice. Very, very nice. How was your week? It wasn't too shabby. It's uh, It's been, you know, relatively relaxing. I've been on uh, vacation as well, to say the least. Uh, paid family time, taking time with my daughter, relaxing. Um, and thinking about summer and working out a little bit more, trying to get that summer bud uh, for the ladies. Um, but in general, <laughs> in general, life has been good. Great. Great to hear. Great to hear. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about The Pianist today, which yes. is a movie. <laughs> Which is a movie. It's an interesting. It's an interesting way to to state that statement. It makes me wonder which direction you're going to be going in. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 ready for either either side. Um, really? All right. Well, this is going to be intriguing. I, anyway. Um, but before before we go anywhere, let's uh, have a synopsis to figure out what this movie is about. In this adaptation of the autobiography, The Pianist, the extraordinary true story of one man's survival in Warsaw, 1939 to 1945, Vladislav Spielman, a Polish Jewish radio station pianist, sees Warsaw change gradually as World War II begins. Spielman is forced into the Warsaw ghetto, but is later separated from his family during Operation Reinhardt. From this time until the concentration camp prisoners are released, Spielman hides in various locations among the ruins of Warsaw. And we're back. Um, I figured if you haven't, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. Um, just put that out there, manifesting it, you know, anybody who listens. Um, so, Raji, we should flip a coin. I'm, I'm uh, well aware of uh, our proceedings here. We should flip a coin. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, today I'm going to go with heads. It's okay, and let's let's see what's happening here. Tails. I get to decide. Um, I'm going to argue against this movie. I knew you. And you see, this is the thing I understand about you. When you <laughs> made that statement initially, I kind of knew that this was where we were going to go. But yeah. I was actually more interested in arguing for this film 
okay. against it because I think it's uh, a great film. So let's go. Let's see what you have to say. All right. Let's let's go into that. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor, uh, the pianist is a two and a half hour long movie uh, where the main character is very passively experiencing the horrors of the Washoe ghetto and uh, gets strung along and is, is helped uh, by a lot of people um, purely because they recognize his musical talent. And for me, this movie is missing the mark in that... Uh, we're lacking a hero's journey because it's 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 a very passive journey and um he is essentially surviving um and and witnessing the horrors of of the holocaust but it's like i said it's very passive um what doesn't help this movie at all is the um very telenovela like aesthetics um of this and it's it, it, it's breaking um visually it's it's taking me out of the of this movie a lot and out of this era because it looks too polished and too made for tv and um i think we have multiple factors of disjointment here that uh, while we see very bad things happen and this is an ex an example of of the horrors of the holocaust and it can be very effective in that the way it's told is incredibly ineffective uh, which is why i don't think this movie should be this high on the list ladies and gentlemen i'm going to tell you this sitting down watching this movie i imagined myself being in a situation like this what would i do if i was caught up in a situation like this and it struck me that most likely and i would be i would be blessed if my journey was this um complicated given the eventuality of a lot of people who suffered through the holocaust a lot of people didn't make it um and you could feel the mental toll it took on a lot of the characters i was haunted by that woman who was screaming, why did I do this? Why did I do this? Why did I do this? Repeatedly for almost three minutes. And it's probably one of the most haunting scenes I've ever experienced in a movie. But you have to ask yourself, what would you do in a situation like this? You know, the Germans approach your city, you know your fate, given the fact that you're a Jew. And you have children who you don't want to see suffer through all the torment and torture that are waiting ahead of you. And, you know, the interesting thing is it was a progression. We saw the very beginning, him playing his piano in a radio station. Um, and over the course of the whole movie, we see the slow progression from um, an upper-middle-class family with a successful artist to a man who was war-torn um, by the events that were happening around him, and events that he couldn't control. 
I knew that Johannes was going to bring the hero's journey up because if I was arguing against this film, I would bring that exact point up. But the truth about it is the events are so big, you don't have any control over it. And every single person who took action ended up dying. The question is, is survival enough for you? Is survival enough for a creative, for a pianist? And given that is the situation we're dealing with, I have to say this movie was effective in in showing how a creative could have survived this kind of scenario. And we saw other people who took things into their own hands. And I'm I'm going to have to disagree with Johannes on this. I think this movie definitely deserves to be in the IMDb 250. Interesting. I mean, I think I think you might make a compelling argument, but the you bring forwards that uh, the creative is effectively surviving because he's a creative. Um, but I think I feel like he doesn't he he doesn't do a lot to further that he's just kind of existing and living off his uh, pre-established fame in a, in a, in a bizarre way um, or the connections that he built uh, by being famous and uh, being part of the upper middle class, I guess. Um, but he himself doesn't do a lot. Like even at points where other people want to help him, he's going against that sometimes. And so he's like his fate. If we want to talk about fate or his story is all the more influenced by the people around him than by himself. And he's so incredibly passive that I find it hard to, to really kind of get into this character. Um, and I mean, like you said, that there's 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 an opening where he's playing for the radio, and then the ending is we're kind of at the same place where he's playing at the he's playing for the radio again, and um, and like I said, like aesthetics wise, and and just the way the way this is shot, um, it's just so cheesy because he's he's playing the piano and he's he's you know giving eighties comedy show kind of glances over to somebody else in the recording booth and knowing smiles and we made it out 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 of this terrible situation and i feel it's so disconnected and disjointed and it's jarring to me um and like i said like i don't in a story that is rooted in in history not everybody's life is a hero's journey so i I want to acknowledge that um, not everybody goes through the hero's journey. Um, so it's it's tricky to make a movie um, with, that doesn't happen because it's we're just witnessing this person go through terrible, terrible things and just kind of trying to exist. But I'm not entirely convinced that that's really captivating. So I'm going to try to convince you that it was captivating, my friend Johannes. I want to say, every single time we saw this guy play the piano, 
there are two characteristics that we noticed, or I noticed. Number one, everybody around him was captivated by what he was playing. And number two, the pianist himself, who was played by Adrian Brody, was captivated by what he was doing. So his captivation, his love for playing was so intense, it made people around him feel engrossed in what he was doing. That kind of talent is the kind of talent that people generally root for, right? Um, the scene with the the German commander who comes in um, and sees him hiding and asks him, hey, uh, what do you do? And I, I play the piano and he told him to play the piano for him. Um, that scene was, the piano playing was so captivating, the German decided he was going to help him. Maybe he decided he was going to help him earlier. Uh, maybe he decided, you know, he wasn't going to kill him at all. But I have to say, hearing him play the piano as the bombs were blowing up, everything around him was totally broken. Um, and how he was so engrossed in what he was doing, that was moving. And you have to appreciate the fact that the character himself was no soldier. He couldn't even carry bricks. And he had to end up being the one to um, weigh forks and spoons that they used to create, um, that they melted down to create uh, cannons that they used uh, to blow up things. So we have to understand that context of it. Um, I feel like the Polish people wanted to protect one of their very best. And being so popular on the radio, you could see how people reacted to him. For a lot of people, a lot of things, and I'm telling you this, he sold and bought things with the influence he had playing, being the person he was and the success he had being a pianist. I want to also point out that I do acknowledge the point you made about the very end when he was playing the piano um, and he was looking healthy uh, and everything. It was It was very jarring because the last time we saw him, uh, his his hands were crooked. He had a broken leg, uh, a broken. Uh, not, it was sprained at least, um, and he looked ragged. And the next time we see him, he's angelic. Same with his friend. Uh, they both seemed angelic with the soft sheen on the screen. Um, like it was mesmerizing, but it just felt out of place given what we had seen yeah. uh, throughout the film. So I, I do acknowledge that, but I don't think it takes away from the idea of this very, very compelling story. Um, I, I think that uh, the story itself uh, speaks for itself. And I do want to highlight um, one particular thing about the film, uh, the idea of luck. Um, and this is one of the running themes throughout the film. There were many lucky moments for him. You know, after his parents and everybody were being carted into the trains. He was lucky enough to run into one of the people he knew who pushed him out. When he ran to the hospital or church or wherever he was, he was lucky enough to sign somebody who was in the, uh, under the staircase. Um, when the soldiers came and pulled the people they thought were not going to be strong enough to survive and they shot them in the head, he was lucky enough to be not one of the people chosen. There were lots of elements of luck in this film. Lucky enough to escape 
the uprising in the ghetto, lucky enough to survive the whole incident. Um, and honestly, there were lots of stories like that. Even the story of Roman Polanski, the, the director of this film, is similar to that because he spent the whole of the World War hiding from spot to spot throughout the ghetto of, of Warsaw. So it's, it, it is a little bit of a reflection of the director as well. So um, that's what I wanted to point out at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I think with any movie of, of this era, uh, luck is always involved, right? I, I feel like we had that in Private Ryan where people get shot at but don't get shot. Uh, or some people get shot, right? Um, uh, Schindler's List, I think, is, is, is one of the examples where there's, there's, that experience in general has so many factors of luck and knowing the right people and them having luck um and so that's kind of on the human level that's that's quite tremendous right and it's uh it's somewhat restoring uh kind of faith uh, in, in maybe in a non-spiritual way um for me at least the or just to believe that, you know, if things are meant to work out, they work out. I don't know if you want to go there. Um, but like I said, kind of to go back to, to, to this, I, I'm not necessarily convinced that a story that is centered around somebody who is confronted with this situation, um, has no agency over the situation. Um, but makes it out because there's other people that do and a, a big component of luck um, makes for a very interesting story. I think the 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 bizarre thing about this movie is that um, it, it it works in that it it really tugs on your heartstrings. Um, by displaying the horrors of the Holocaust in a in a pretty tangible but random fashion, because we see just random acts of uh, brutality, um, and I'm I'm certain these things happened, and it's terrible. Um, but the story of the main character is not really that interesting. I don't think. Um, and the journey he's going through is not necessarily that interesting either. Um, and like I said, the the way it's told um, visually, it's it's cheapening the movie to a great deal, and it's it's doing the movie a disservice if you want to find positives and kind of want to go towards um, you know these stories are relevant and we need to tell them because it was such a brutal time uh, and and the Germans did so many bad things and we need to tell these stories tend to agree uh but i'm sure there's many stories out there from survivors that are inherently more um heroic and uh, captivating and i don't think uh, the story of this person was that necessary um by saying um by 
and um by pointing that out are you referring to the character of Gordio Orefici from Life is Beautiful uh as a more heroic character <laughs> no i'm 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 looking at uh, you know real stories uh in, in the, uh, let's see uh, like one of the big books is uh primo levis i'm going to find mm. it but um you know like the, the, there are stories um out there of people that broke into concentration camps and broke out again and helped people like or they you know they they just kind of go through all the things all the creativity they they found to survive and mm. really kind of have agency over their fate to a degree and i find that inherently more interesting than somebody who shows up and is is helped in a way it's like that what you're trying to say is that this character is not likable i i yeah i didn't think he was incredibly likable like he sure um oh. but like i said I, I i think the what i didn't like was that he was so passive and he didn't show a lot of agency about his over his life and I think that makes I, the movie kind of in, uninteresting to follow. I will I will agree with you to an extent, but I will say that I think despite the fact that you make a good point, I still think characters like this have a have stories to tell. And I think that while the characters may not be as, you know, uh, as urgent as you would like, their stories are still compelling. So I'm not going to disagree with you um, about the lack of urgency, but I will also point out there's like lots of nuance to this film too. You, if you um, compare the very beginning of the film, it's not the very beginning, like close to the beginning and close to the end, you would see that in Warsaw, the Jews who were, um, who were policing the other Jews knew of the faith that was going to befall the Jews that they were carting into the trains. Um, and they still went ahead and did it all the same. Meanwhile, you compare that to the German at the very end, who knew the fate of what was happening to Jews and was willing to help at least one Jew. Um, I think that the fact that, you know, there are people within um, groups who do what is what, what is not best for the group um, is another interesting thing that happened um, because you could genuinely tell that uh, the character of the German officer was someone who didn't actually agree with the overarching theme of the government at that time. Uh, but, you know, given his rank and position, um, he had to do what he had to do. Kind of reminds me of I don't know. It's not a it's not a good argument to make. Uh, but the thing about it also is, you notice that at the very beginning, the the guys who were beating up all the other Jews uh, and throwing them into carts, knowing that they were going to be sent um, to their death, uh, was also very uncomfortable to watch. Um, and I think that there is some interesting, uh, you know, mirror images 
of those two kinds of characters in this film. Um, and there were lots of bad people who did a lot of bad things and a lot of people who tried to survive but didn't didn't make it. But I, I still think that we should acknowledge that there were some new ones. And I don't think that the German soldiers, for the most part, uh, all of them were painted with the same brush. We, we at least can recognize one or two in this uh, set who uh, who were who were able to help or who wanted to help, uh, but didn't have the power to. He was also as powerless as our main character. He couldn't do anything. All he could do was save one person. Because if he ever told anybody that there was a Jew upstairs, that guy would be killed. So he's a passive character too. And we saw that his journey, um, shortly after he handed him the coat, was just as brutal uh, because he died in the concentration camp in 1958 um, as a lot of the people that he, you know, his government brutalized. Um, so, you know, I, I just wanted to make that point too. I see what you're saying. But so, so I guess counter, not necessarily a counter point, but uh, you brought up the, uh, the Jews that were working kind of as guards, as policemen, as you know, controlling entities, um, and right there, I think you have a compelling story to tell too, of the inner conflicts of doing this, kind of understanding what you're doing, but doing it to to survive. I think there would be a, a, a inherently more interesting story to tell, in a way, because it's 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 going towards the clash of my own survival versus the survival of my people right and kind of the conflict that the the, the logical conflict that is um so i yeah thanks for bringing that up because i think you know that that's the more interesting story to tell um in a way um like i said I, this movie just didn't necessarily do it for me i don't know sorry I'm no, I think that's fine. I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I I can't. I'm not the person who would say whether you should enjoy the film or not. It's not <laughs> in my it's not in my purview. But I, I think the final point that I'm going to make to also I kind of highlight your point uh, is that the character, the main character, was very passive, but we saw a lot of him interacting with a lot of active characters in this in this movie, and those active characters told a compelling story about progress. You know, the conversation he had with the lady um, about the, after the uprising in the ghetto, um, where he said, what was the point of the uprising if they are all dead? And she said, what do you mean, what was the uprising? I'm disappointed in you. Um, the, uh, the point is, they get to die with dignity. And who would have ever thought that a Jew would would fight back that caused a shock amongst the germans i think that conversation was very compelling because it kind of showed you the inner thoughts of the him versus some of the characters who were actually being urgent um i don't think this movie actually didn't i mean the character we dealt with didn't show urgency but there was a lot of urgency that was shown around the character um and that helped to tell the story of the city and the gradual degradation of what happened to the Warsaw. 
So I, I think that there is there is a compelling case to be made that despite the fact that the character himself was not uh, urgent, there was a lot of urgency around him um, and that helped drive the story forward. The only kind of at face value heroic, in quotes, thing he did was kind of throw guns over the wall. Right, that's the... That seems to be kind of the rare moment where he actually did something to um, steer the narrative That's as fair. a whole, right? But, if, but the argument then would be, you know, he he did it because he was trying to not die uh, because he couldn't do the other thing where he was carrying bricks up the staircase. So he had to do that to survive. Yeah, yeah, and right, which which again brings us to, is this the most compelling story you can, like, at the green, grand scheme of things, right? Do we, we have a limited amount of movies that we can make about this period, I think, to not delve into kind of oversaturation of, of the topic, right? So I think... Choosing your your heroes and air quotes carefully is important, and choosing stories to tell about the period is important because you you only have so many chances to tell these stories, in, in my opinion. Uh, and I f- just feel like this story is not. doesn't have the gravitas um, that a story about that experience at that time should have and doesn't have neither the um, I'm not going with this and it doesn't have the kind of Like it, 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 it doesn't have the the hero's journey, which you know that's film theory and all that. I don't think, like I said, real life has hero's journeys all the time. But I think what we needed was somebody to to root for, and a, a story um, where the main character is not as passive, and it, it's it's just showing up. Um, and things just happen to this person. And yes, there's a lot of things that happen to a lot of people. And they just, you know, it's it's reflecting real life probably better than anything. But it's also a f- somewhat fictional medium. So I think we, it, it's not necessarily unreasonable to look for stories that are more captivating. Because I'm sure there's a lot out there. A lot of experiences that were terrible, but also captivating and inspiring in the resiliency and the agency of the the people that lived through them, and uh, stories that tell us a better a better story about how humans can make it through 
these terrible times. And by having more agency and by trying to control your fate and by you know, helping others and and by doing what needs to be done to survive. And I think my main gripe with this is that he is not doing this. He is just hanging out in a one-bedroom apartment for the, for like an hour of this movie. Yes, he's suffering. Yes, he doesn't have any money. Or like he doesn't have any food and he's wasting away. But he's not doing anything. He's incredibly dependent on other people helping him. And like I said, I don't disregard that experience. I'm sure there's lots of people that had that exact experience. I'm just saying that I don't think it makes the most interesting movie. So I think the it's important to tell these stories, but I I think to 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 really show um the amazing things that humans can do this is not the best example of that. Interesting. I'm ready to go uh, to the sidebar <laughs> if you are. Sure. Sure. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. All right. So now we're in the sidebar. Yeah. You know, an interesting thing you brought up that I never really thought about while you were talking about was, you know, the way you were describing the characters and the way you were talking about it. I mean, when I said that, the character was not likable. Uh, that was based on how you were talking about him. Um, and, you know, I think that thing was at the back of my mind throughout the film. Um, and it never, but I, I, I never visualized it until you started to describe um, a lot of the things you were talking about. And I think after you finished, I was like, I actually didn't like the character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I do like the film, honestly. I think the movie is really good. Uh, but I didn't like the character. There were many, many things about the character that I disliked. The fact that he felt like a, he just, after he lost his family, he just went about, he never even mentioned them at all throughout the rest of the film. He never asked how they were doing. He never asked, like, wow, what is going on at those camps? He never spoke of them again once he lost his family they were gone and all he had to do was oh man i mean a flitting word of how is my papa doing or and stuff you you saw how the story began and the fact that his brother kept highlighting the fact that he was very passive uh at the very beginning when they were sitting on the table his brother was a lot more militant than he was and he got into trouble uh a few times especially at the very beginning um, kind of highlighted the fact that they were going on separate paths. Um, I, 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 I can, I can see, I can see that perspective, and I did, I did feel like he was just sitting there watching the war from the window, uh, while trying to survive. But the question then becomes, what would I do in a situation like that? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. You, you're not you don't know what you're going to do until you're put in a position like that. So I, I, I can't fault him, but it was also, I mean, your discussion made it like crystal clear to me that perhaps I didn't like this character. Perhaps I liked the movie, 
but I didn't like the character the movie used as a vehicle to tell its story. Yeah, and 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 I think that's kind of the like one of the things I wanted to convey. Like I, I think it's important to tell stories like this. Uh because otherwise we cannot grow and learn from from this, right? But in in the pre-discussion we talked about the MCU and how oversaturated we both feel about Marvel movies, right? So that's that's where my argument came from. Um there's only only so many movies we can make about this time period and about the the terrible things that happened, right? Because otherwise you oversaturate and people will be put off rather than invested in it. Mm. So I recognize the importance of telling these stories. I recognize the importance of not overtelling these stories. So I feel like this movie is missing the mark because the the time it takes and the 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 pedestal it gets um by being able to to be a movie about this time and telling a story about this time it's missing the mark about the actual story that's being told <laughs> because mm. it's not inspiring i guess i f- i feel like there's only so many ways stories of 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 that period can go right either it's incredibly depressing because everybody dies or they survive and and then if if we go down that branch then there's a spectrum there as well right either they were they had lots of agency and and were figuring were very resourceful and figured things out um or they were incredibly lucky or they were helped by a lot of people and just hid and were again lucky and, and you know had lots of support systems around them and on the spectrum of of all these different stories you can tell I feel like the latter of that is the mo- the least interesting, but this movie is one of those. And I think it's it's missing the mark for me there because, I, like I said, I I feel like there's probably more captivating and and interesting stories of survival um, to be told um, that can be inspiring and can tell us how resilient we as people can be in in times that are incredibly challenging and brutal um and and we can take something out of that um that is inspiring but i don't feel this movie is that and that's why i feel like this movie is missing the mark uh, for me at least and 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 the like i said the way it's shot the way it looks it just looks like a 80s um can tell a novella to me and it's unfortunate because it's just the aesthetics but it, it really cheapens the movie too for me mm-hmm. and um it's really unfortunate because uh, for me it was like distracting to the point where it's just like it it felt off tonally i guess that's mm-hmm. that's the point i'm trying to make um like visually the tone they set up visually is is n- clashing with what we're seeing on on, on the screen and and that just didn't work as well. So, not my favorite movie. So, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. Um, one of my favorite films of World War II um, was this movie called Grave of the Fireflies. Um, and in Grave of the Fireflies, we follow two young kids 
who have to deal with the war that was happening in Japan. I think it was in Iwo Jima. Um, and, um, uh, oh, sorry, Kobe, which is just outside of Osaka. Um, and uh, these kids uh, didn't have any urgency because they were kids. But I'm going to say this. I've never watched that film without crying. It's such a sad film to watch. Um, and I'm going to say that I don't think it it should hurt the film that the character, the main character is not, uh, doesn't have urgency. I mean, I think for some people, if you want to watch a good film where you root for the character, um, that's fine. Um, but the thing about it also is in a scenario like this, there's some people who just had to deal with the situation they were dealt and they just had to survive. Um, and I think that those stories can also be very compelling because when you watch a movie from the perspective of somebody who wants to resist and fight, there's always like, oh man, these guys are going to fight it back. But the truth about it is most people were not like that. Most people just wanted to survive. Um, and the reality is for almost 80% of the people, I mean, we saw we saw what happened, right, in the very beginning of the film where the guy was like, there, there, are, hundreds of, there, are, hundreds, there are thousands of us here and just hundreds of them. Why don't we just fight them and, t- and beat them up? And everybody was like, oh, man, no. Uh, because in reality, most people don't fight. Everybody just wants to survive. And I think that, I, I, I totally understand your point. Like they limited there's a limited amount of movies you want to tell about this period. What good is it that we tell the story of the one who just lives through and just uh survives through doing nothing to change the story? Um I I totally understand that argument. But the truth about it is most people had that experience. Um and if they could if a lot of people, if they could have survived they would have um in this exact same way so i i i see your point but i i argue that you know in reality it was brave for them to make a movie about a character who was so passive because it would be more interested to make a movie about the inglorious bastards uh who fought back at every single situation um, and it definitely would, you know, rouse the crowd up because, it, but the reality of it is humans are nuanced. And in reality, most of us would be looking for ways to survive instead of standing up. Um, the only way we can actually find out what we'll do is if we're ever in a situation like that. Um, and until you're in a situation like that, I can't really say what I'll do. So that is my argument against your point. I, I still think the movie should be in the top, 250 because it's a different war film from a different perspective but i will say that the grave of the firefly should be higher than this um that movie is just perfect uh but that's it that's all i have yeah yeah i don't have much to to add to that um yeah i mean it's it, it's a challenging movie in a way that uh like the horror status play are truly truly horrible right the, the, the randomness of things it's just terrible but it's um you know just just thinking about it i, th- I think 
there are so many stories to tell that, that accomplish showcasing the horrors which like this this is one of the the goals of this movie too right showing this but then also showing survival um that that, that can accomplish this but by also giving us main characters that um are a little more interesting and a little more likable mm. and, um yeah that's unfortunately unfortunately this uh, kind of didn't hit the mark for me on, on those fronts and I mean, you know, I, I know it's like uh, the the you know art versus artist, but um, Roman Polanski, yeah. tricky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it was one of the things that I <clears throat> I don't think it. I mean, I I get I I get I get the people who feel like this movie should not even be on the list because of the person who directed it too. Um, but that's a totally different argument we can yeah. have. Um. Anyway, uh, I will say that the German coats were were very well designed. To be honest, thank you, Hugo Boss. <laughs> was, I kept looking at those coats. Going, yeah, he, he should wear that coat. He is cold. That, that, that looks very warm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's very interesting. That's uh, that's all I have to. Yeah. Oh, and uh, many real German actors in this, by the way. Um, so the the German was really good. Um, yeah, yeah. We were talking about subtitles before, and it's just kind of yeah, um, yeah. It was, I mean, uh, some some of the translations were a little off, but you know, we got the gist. So I read. So I read. I mean, it's good to it was good to hear. It was good to hear some German. I'm going to Germany in December now. Uh, oh yes. But but the tickets. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So it's good to hear some German in your ears to to prop your brains up for some of these things yeah yeah oh the december is great uh christmas markets galore yeah that's my uh like i think uh, my wife is a hauser so she has german origin i guess um and it will be interesting to to go experience that with her and the baby that'll be her first that'll be her second christmas but the only one that she was able to actually know what the hell is going on (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Um, next up, Leon the Professional. That's another good one. A very <laughs> weird film, honestly. I mean, the first time I watched it, it was very interesting, but you know, that movie has some. We'll talk about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, before we leave, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us on Movie Mistral on Twitter, Instagram. Um, Facebook and all social media um, or you can send us uh, an email at contact at moviemistral.com I think that uh, Johannes mentioned uh, at the very beginning that you should do if you, it would help to give us a subscribe and uh, a review if you get if you at least enjoyed the, pro, um, the podcast and if, even if you don't you can always leave a critique and we can actually take that and try to improve on what uh, what you would like to see but you know it's been it's been interesting so far yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know Roman Polanski fans uh, argue with us please <laughs> <laughs> alright <laughs> alright see you for the next one sounds good bye bye